Is there a delay on TikTok or are they like with us no, now? Yeah, what's awesome. up, TikTok? Hi, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok gets this content. The yes. other people. It's a subscriber exclusive. Yes. <laughs> 17 seconds for. early for the podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're still waiting for YouTube and Facebook to kick in here. All right. Any any moment now. Any moment. TikTok, get your questions in now. It's going to be a special Q&A. Yeah, let's make Ethan work tonight. <laughs> Awesome. Welcome back to SwitchCast. This is the two-year anniversary show. That's right. We can't believe that we have made it this far, but we have. Some of you can't believe it either. Peanut Gallery left to drink their whiskey. There is actually quite... So uh, for those of you watching live, you see a little studio. Somebody said that it looks like we did it in, in like a you know corner closet or something like that. It's actually quite a spacious area yeah. here yeah for sure and uh out in the lounge out yonder people will bring whiskey there's a lot of whiskey fanatics and have a tasting and, and there's some really choice things out there there's some bardstown um there's some very expensive whiskey and some malort in the lineup Yo, that's as well. really and that's in the center of yeah. our bar setup because truly that is the most important thing yeah. that's out there it's like a camaro showing up to a porsche event <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, yes, I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, and SwitchCast is the podcast where we seek to educate, edify, and entertain you on the drive of your life. This is the final episode of Season 3. We changed things up quite a bit for Season 3, and the feedback was pretty positive. So thank you for that. Um, and by all means, share that feedback online. Uh, wherever you download and listen to podcasts, please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and um, you know that definitely helps us out. So uh, anyway, uh, we wanted to highlight a little bit kind of what we've learned and what has happened in the two years since starting the podcast. And uh, please, anybody watching live, we're going to open this up to questions as much as we can tonight uh, for the two-year anniversary. So get those questions in, and we will be happy to engage with you guys tonight. Um, so since we've started SwitchCast two years ago, um, I did set out and say that, well, we're going to try this for a year, no matter what, no matter mm -hmm. how badly it goes. And then we're going to reevaluate and, mm -hmm. and see if we keep doing it. And really what I wanted to see is, are we growing? Mm -hmm. Right. Cause if it's just like start strong and Peter's off, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, everybody came to the first one and then nobody cares. So we're not doing anything that people that that's a value because I don't want to do this if it's not a value to other people. Uh, as much fun as it is, you know, talking to a microphone into a camera with nobody on the other end is. <laughs> I mean, we could just hang out and you know talk and drink whiskey elsewhere without a microphone. That's yeah, more or absolutely. less what it is. That's more or less yes, what it but is. But we appreciate that people have responded and said, "Hey, this is is worth listening to." And um, so, yeah, thank you to all of our audience for being here, for giving us your questions, for keeping us going. Uh, we would not be here without you. We would. We just wouldn't have microphones. Yeah, or we camera. would be here. Anyway, that's true. <laughs> Not gonna lie, we love doing this. We love talking about cars. But anyway, so a few things. Uh, let's see, Carvana stock. Since Carvana has been a topic of discussion, uh, when we started Switchcast episode one, Carvana stock was two hundred eighty-two dollars. Oh yowza! Today it is thirty-two dollars. Womp womp. Uh, let's see, interest rates when we started. The Fed funds rate was point two five percent. 
on our first episode. Now it is five and a half percent and likely increasing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, gas prices were $3.32, which corresponded to $80 a barrel. Uh, they are now $3.57 national average and $88 a barrel. There's not always that direct correlation, but <laughs> there's a correlation here. But surprisingly, they haven't gone up quite as much as everything else in terms of inflation. Uh, the average new car payment in October of 2021 was $617, which is pretty staggering, but it is even more staggering. It is a record high of $729. Oh, my God. The average new car payment. And people are way upside down, too. I'm hearing stories from dealers of people trying to trade in cars. It is not pretty. Not Mm. pretty. Uh, Depreciation is a thing, again, for new cars. People had forgotten that that was a thing. But, yes, new cars lose half of their value in the first three years. I mean, when I uh, got my 911... I had like a nearly a $700 per month car payment over a couple of years, and I thought that was staggering. I but can't over imagine. a couple of years. Well, yeah, I can't imagine on a normal appliance car over five plus years. Like, oh, like oh six is like the standard now. Oh, my goodness. Seven, eight, not even. Yep, no big deal. No big deal. 700 bucks a month for seven years for a new car? On an Ultima. Ah, (laughs) yes. Uh, Since we started two years ago, the Corvette curmudgeon has changed his oil zero times and won 17 (laughs) trophies in the C5 class. Uh, And he hasn't brought any of them here. I know, right? Uh, Since we've started in 2021, the cannonball record has not been broken. There we go. Let him know. Um, let's see. The number of scams we've identified called out on the show is debatable, but at least a couple <laughs> dozen. <laughs> Since we started in 2021, I've gotten pulled over zero times and gotten zero tickets. Ethan? Tyler? I've say, gotten pulled over zero times and I've got one ticket in the mail. How, I was going to say, how does that work? <laughs> well, we talked about this. That's the, right. You yeah. got a mail. Allegedly, I was speeding yeah. in Mayfield. Right. Okay. Also, zero pullovers and zero tickets. But, Doug, didn't you get a ticket for parking in a handicapped spot? No, I got a warning. Oh, okay. Next time you'll Placker. be towed or something Giant like that. Giant cannonballs. No placker. <laughs> yeah, no placker. I had no placker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> since we have started in 2021... I have been called the following. It's <laughs> oh, a good segment. Third party cool. Uh, Como vibes. Chomo Chomo vibes. Oh, like the governor or mayor of New York, like Cuomo. Cuomo? No, there's no, no, no. Chomo. <laughs> okay. is Chomo. I had to look it up. Um, I'm not going to say it on here. It's fair. Yeah. Um, worst guy from Vinwicky. Uh, Utter well. pine cone. <laughs> Walmart version Patrick Dempsey. Total douche canoe. <laughs> Classic. So hot. Oh, Ethan. Are you planting comments? <laughs> yeah. It's my burner The Christian account. Rock of Car Guys. <laughs> Which only people who listen to Christian Rock uh, will get. That's uh, That might be one of the worst insults, honestly. Uh, that's a, that one cuts deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, since we have started oh. in 2021, Ethan, our producer, has quit his full-time job and started his own marketing business. He did. And I think he's pretty good at it, given what he's done uh, with the podcast. Ethan, tell us what you've done with the podcast since we've started. Yeah, we've... Uh we, we've seen a lot. We've done a lot. Obviously, the podcast has had many different forms kind of in the in the three seasons. It's been on the road. It's had call-in. But essentially what we've done is just try it and cross-channel promote it through a website and also just social media presence, which we have some numbers here. Um, for YouTube specifically is what I think we all would agree was our main social focus. Uh, in 2022, and this is just the the year 2022 as a whole. I have like total numbers since uh, 20 since we started the podcast. But in the whole year of 2022, the Switch Cars channel amassed a amount of views totaling 110,200. So far in 2023, so fourth quarter just begun, we are currently at 3.9 million. Which is a Hello. three thousand four hundred thirty-nine percent increase in views. Whoa! Ethan figured out shorts. <laughs> yes, the short hack. form content. Yes. Uh, well, that. we started doing well with them too. That was <laughs> so. That's a big part of it as well. As at do, first, with well. those, and we quit, and then we bailed hit them again. In twenty-one, we bailed on it because it was just wasting time, and yep. then we f- we figured it out. Yeah. Subscribers, twenty twenty-two. Uh, the entirety of the year, we grew by 1,800 subscribers. In 2023, so far, the three quarters we're in, we've had 9,000 subscribers, which is a percent increase of 400. Nice. Since the podcast was launched, we've had a total of 4.1 million views on YouTube, a total of 71.3, I'll just say 71,300 hours of watched content and a total of 11,000 subscribers gained. Excellent. Thank so, you all. Yeah. How about TikTok? Because we didn't... Do we start TikTok? TikTok started after right After the when, podcast, right when we started it? It started in tandem with it. I didn't yeah. even want to do it. Let's be... I'm, I'm a little bit of a boomer at heart. Sorry, TikTok people. I didn't understand TikTok. Ethan totally took it on and did it and posts all the content and forces me to respond every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Whenever whenever one's doing really good, I'll, I'll let him know, like, hey, man, you want to hop in the comments? I'm like, I don't know. He taught me how to do video responses, too. Yes. Oh, look at that. Yes. I don't so, know if we've actually done one, but I've shown you how We to did, and it was we so did. good that it got taken down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that so good. Callaway one. It hurt the guy's feelings, good. and he complained. Yeah, that did um, happen. But uh, uh, TikTok, if anyone wants to know how we're doing we went on from TikTok. from zero to hero on TikTok. Pretty much, more or less, yeah. So if you, I mean, you can literally look at the amount of followers and views and all that that we have on our profile, and that's essentially representative of the total that we've had since we started the podcast. But uh, TikTok's analytics system's kind of wonky. It only lets you go back uh, three months. But the reports that I've been sending you for the past year, I was able to pull data from those. Uh, only We only started doing that back in February, though. But since February, we've had four and a half million views on TikTok and just under 300,000 likes, uh, which is good. Total followers, nice. um, what, whatever the number. 81,000 from yeah. zero in two from years. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's pretty good. Um, 
the, and how's but, our audio yeah. podcast doing? Because I look at that and I go, so YouTube has algorithms, TikTok, Meta, all have algorithms. So yeah. you can grow in subscriber, but not necessarily views. You can put together a great video, it gets no views. The next one blows up for no apparent reason. Yeah, um, You can do your best to figure it out, but it's kind of random. Um, and that's why we have a professional navigating all of this, this crazy well. <laughs> maze, but the, the, the audio podcast, which is really our main focus because that's what we want to, uh, it's, it's a direct way to measure our growth because the number of subscribers, as they increase, those people get the downloads and, you know, therefore right. the number of listeners increase. So how is our audio podcast doing? Yeah, it, it, it is really cool to look at like the, the live stream and see like, oh yeah, we had, you know, X amount of people with us the whole time on YouTube. And then a day later, it's like, wow, look at that. We're already at, you know, 800 views or whatever on the stream. That's really cool. But you are right. The audio version of this, the thing that manifests itself on Spotify and Apple and all that is kind of the, the crux of what we're doing here. Year one on Spotify, we had just under 14,000 uh, total starts and just under uh, 1,200, so, sorry, 13,000 13, starts, 11,000 streams. Okay. Year two, the amount of starts that we had was 31,000, so we've more than doubled that. Same thing with streams. Total streams went to 24,000. So in terms of growth, yes, we've more than doubled our total downloads and streams on Spotify. For Apple, again, Apple Podcasts has kind of a wonky uh, reporting metric here, but we've had a total of 85,000 streams of all time on Apple Podcasts since Sweet. we started this. So those are the numbers. We talk about growth. We've seen growth, and I am optimistic for what we're going to see going forward. Awesome. Well, sweet. Thank you all. Episode is not over. That was just a <laughs> summary to start us off. So thank you for uh, bearing with our annual report there. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was our reporting or earnings call. Yeah, earning. right? <laughs> uh, just, I don't know how much we've earned, but uh, you know. Well, about as much as Carvana. <laughs> <laughs> Negatory. <laughs> Oh, man, we should go public. Then we don't have to earn money. We can just get multiple rounds of funding from venture capitalists and stocks. It. And well, I guess venture capitalists would be before we go public. I'm sorry. I'm sounding like an idiot here. No, that sounds great, but, though. Uh, I really think I need a GT3 to enhance my performance on the podcast. <laughs> so if we can make that happen. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, who wants to buy stock? I, I mean, it's it's a better investment than some of the things we've discussed on here. I think it's a better investment than Celine Corporation. Celine, yeah. <laughs> Probably. For sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have the numbers to back up growth, at least. Yes. So, yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah, and our revenue the... has increased. We we have made We had zero money. revenue at the yeah. beginning. And now we have <laughs> revenue. We have some money. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Well, let's go to a commercial and then let's get to some questions and some news updates and stories and all the fun stuff. Yes, and SwitchCast is brought to you by BoxCast. BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people a part of the experience. So if you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, a sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. 
All right. I think I need a drink to read this uh, read this story because it's it's crazy. And this drink is brought to you by well, it's it's Bon Brecker. Yep. Uh, Hefeweizen whiskey. Uh, random box showed up at the shop yesterday with a bunch of bottles of whiskey from the Cask and Barrel Club. And it was billed to Scott Hooks. We have no idea who that is, but thanks, Scott, if you're watching for the whiskey. Can we get a... Ah, yes. That's great. We'll boost Ooh, the sound audio effects. on that. Oh, we getting yeah. some ASMR going. Somebody's got to pee. Tyler, you need to try this. Tyler is a bourbon aficionado. We had a very hoity-toity bourbon tasting this weekend, and he correctly identified pappies out of 10 random ones, and only three people got pappies correct. Yeah. So gassing me up. I was so excited to be wrong. It'd be so much more funny. <laughs> I identified Evan Williams out of all the other top shelf. Which was my you least thought favorite that was Pappy's? No, no, no. I oh, identified it correctly. Favorite. That was the one that oh, I got. No, gotcha. far from my favorite. I think I said it tastes like sweat. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Was what yeah, yeah. It was not it great. Uh, anyway, so uh, this is a submission from Matthew Davis, also known as Captain Chaos. It's a CBS News article, and we've we've touched on some of the emission stuff that EPA is doing with tuning companies and other companies, car dealers, really cracking down on the automotive uh, kind of aftermarket niche. So eBay may have to cough up as much as two billion dollars in fines billion with a b for allegedly allowing the distribution and sale of products that significantly increase pollution i, I hold on mm. i like how they say allegedly allowing the distribution of sale but they don't say allegedly significantly increase pollution they just that's hard fact uh significantly increase pollution spewing from diesel pickup trucks Yes, we're talking about aftermarket rolling coal devices. Apparently, 340 plus thousand devices were sold through eBay uh, over a span of eight years. Um, oh, but then this article says that eBay sold them. Well, eBay didn't sell them. eBay is a marketplace, but apparently now the marketplace is being held liable for what customers have bought and sold that is supposedly illegal and each device that was sold which is probably like a couple hundred bucks is subject to a fifty five hundred dollar fine ah these items are sold through ebay's platform in violation of the clean air act according to a justice department complaint this is not justice by the way this is just picking on i say it feels like they're trying to make an example of a large entity that could maybe somehow deal with this amount of money, but that is Here's absurd. the thing. They're also, I, I mean, not from this article, but from what I've heard firsthand stories and secondhand, they are also going after the small companies that are doing this. So they're probably trying to find e eBay and the companies that actually listed them and or produced them. Like they're probably trying to find everybody along the line for every device ah. sold. Um, I would bet you, but here's the thing. Where's 2 billion going to go, right? It's going to go into government coffers and get used up. Like, what is that going to do for the environment? Jack squat. It's going to do nothing, but the EPA has gone absolutely mad in their enforcement of the automotive aftermarket stuff. Um, we've talked about it before. It doesn't 
need, uh, I guess, repeating in terms of the stuff we've brought up about it. But um, it's going to get worse. It is going to get worse because they only have so many people they can go after. And government employees, like once their job is done, it's not like, oh, EPA, well, you've done a good job. Let's scale down. It's like they only increase. The IRS just gets bigger and bigger. Government only gets bigger and bigger. Ohio has 11 million people and 750,000 government employees. So that's like one government employee per nine, 10 people, whatever, 12, whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, a little much. So it's only a matter of time before they're going to just start coming after individual people um, that are driving a car that has a tuning kit on it or something like that. Like it's, it's going to suck. Um, so yeah, that's a uh, depressing news of the day, but, uh, there you have it. We'll see how eBay does against this lawsuit. I'm sure they'll settle out of court for, you know, $500 million or something like that. And nothing will become better about the environment. But some people will be very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. See, there's a part of me that's like, well, we could probably use less rolling coal because that's really annoying and just, you know, absurd. But until when they start coming for tuning kits and aftermarket exhausts and stuff that I actually care about, right. I'll probably get upset. So this is a little unnerving. Listen, right. I get, we got stuck behind a truck on the highway the other day that was rolling coal. They weren't trying to. They were hauling a trailer. So every time they accelerated, they just rolled coal. <laughs> but they also wouldn't move out of the left lane. So we were stuck behind them for like five miles. That was super annoying. But I'm like... Uh, <sighs> I don't know. The, my, my bigger problem was that they were in the left lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, I don't care if you're rolling coal, get in the right lane. Yeah. And then people aren't stuck behind you, like forced to breathe that in. Did you like try to flash them and then it just got covered in all the coal and <laughs> couldn't see you? So they had no idea. Just blissful ignorance. Uh, yeah. They knew there's people behind them and they didn't care. So, uh, gosh. Um, Interesting market update. So uh, I found this quote online today talking about Porsches, and, and this guy sounded really, really smart. And there's a lot of big words in here, so pay close attention. Uh, what drives asset markets, speaking of like high-end cars, as they're called asset markets, when except when they depreciate, and <laughs> then they're not. What drives asset markets isn't always singular or binary, but usually a combination of multiple multiple factors. In this case, my guess is that the majority of it has to do with the asset bubble the Fed has been promoting with cheap money. The number one beneficiary has been equity and bond markets, which is a nominal representation of money supply, not a real one. People feel richer, people buy more stuff. On a side note, M1 money supply in relation to actual goods and services is, by some accounts, 50 to 100% higher than since the Great Re Recession. Blah, 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 blah. If you want a vintage Porsche and don't want to pay these prices, wait for X time because there's a lot of tech millionaires who might not have grocery money at some point in the future. Cars are one of the first things to go. Now, sounds really smart, right? This was like a response to a for sale ad. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know how it was relevant, but... This was in... This was said in January 2017... Oh, hmm. right. <laughs> Seems the opposite has happened. Exactly. <laughs> right? Sounded really smart. And 
I was about to say, does this mean that, uh, you know, some air-cooled 911s might become reasonable again? <laughs> right. So the irony is, I mean, it's funny, right? A lot of tech millionaires who might not have grocery money, right? The tech Because of COVID, now, great, granted, COVID was a, a, a an anomaly in world history, but the tech millionaires became tech multimillionaires. Um, yeah. But if you want to Porsche and don't want to pay these prices, wait for X time. Well, all they've done is go up and up and up and up and up. Uh, the irony of this is the car that he was commenting on. It was a 2016 Boxer Spider with 2,200 miles uh, for 92 grand. The same car got offered to us. This is how I found this comment. I was searching the car. The same car has 10 times the miles on it now, and it's worth the same amount of money. So, yeah, that comment didn't age well. Not at all. <laughs> all that to say, like, just because people know a lot of big financial terms doesn't know what doesn't mean they know what the frick they're talking about. However, we know what we're talking about. Oh, absolutely. We shoot it to you straight. <laughs> just like our whiskey. Right. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was neat. That was a neat joke. Ooh. That was a how. <laughs> that was good. You know, it's been All a while right. since we've had the drum, I feel. Or has it been there and you just haven't hit it? Maybe I haven't been that funny. <laughs> That's probably one. <laughs> or I've been more funny to the. They're exceeding the level of dad jokes and rimshot jokes. Oh, so they're just like, like real jokes. Actually laughing. I love it. Yes. Nah, that can't be it. Ethan didn't include that in his <laughs> metrics. We got there's got to be a way it to measure that. It is in your DNA to tell dad jokes. There is Yeah, is, but I'm not a, a real dad. You. I'm a faux pas. See, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. See, he oh. can, guy can't help himself. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You set about. me up for that and that there's, wasn't even scripted. There's no way. <laughs> As if we script any of this. <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Loose outlines. Loose outlines. Oh man. Yes. Let's go to some questions before we get uh, too off track here. Uh, one that is actually kind of relevant that I'm curious. I know nothing. Uh, Daniel Gray on YouTube asked, uh, said, didn't the EPA announce that they're uh, done going after people for emissions? Uh, they say that there was some announcement about it. Uh, does that sound familiar at all? Do you obviously know because they're... Uh, or is the, the uh, EPA I mean, thing from the EPA? Is the what? The eBay thing is from the EPA, yes. The EPA is filing a lawsuit. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. The The Justice Department filed a lawsuit on behalf of the Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah. if you got a link for that, Daniel, throw it in the, in the chat. I'd love to see what you're talking about. I, I'd love to think that that's true. I just, like, what else are they going to do? I mean, maybe they ran out of victims, but... There's still used car dealers aplenty. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah, they're going to run out of victims. But there was a good question um, from Instagram. Um, did you see that one, Tyler? Do I? I put it in your notes yes. there from Sam. Sam. Yeah, Sam Gullet on Instagram. Uh, Doug, are there any stories from the early days of starting your business that taught you lessons on how you run the business today? <laughs> um, I don't know if there are particular stories, but there's things I learned and things I would do differently. Um, probably the most important thing, me being 
uh, I don't know if it's ADD or entrepreneurial spirit or stubborn or whatever. I worked for car dealer for five months and then started out on my own, basically saying, well, I can do this better. That was extremely arrogant and pine cone-ish of me to think. <laughs> and the best thing to do would have been to like, okay, I want to be in the high-end car business. I want to start my own dealership. I should have gone to work for an independent that didn't have the drama uh, that the dealer I was working at had and kind of like studied under them and learn the ropes while making money, essentially on somebody else's dime versus learning the ropes on my own dime, thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to get rich off of these deals. But at the same time, I went broke, uh, well, once I'd gone broke once doing a different business prior to starting it. But you know, the, the price I paid was probably the same as a master's degree at an Ivy League school, whereas I could have gone to work for somebody else, learned all the principles, making six figures a year and come out with a, you know, nice, hefty nest egg to start with. Um, it's not nest egg. That's a retirement fund. What's the um, feeder? No, I don't know. There's a term for it. I can't remember. But uh, that's, there's a million stories behind that. But I think that's probably the biggest thing that I learned that if I could go back and do it over, that would, that would be it. And when people ask me how to get into the car business, I'm like, well, go get a job. It's like, no, no, I want to do what you did. I want to, I want to start by flipping cars. And I'm like, yeah, no, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't go get a job for someone else, flip cars under their umbrella and see how well you do. And then go off and do it on your own. So, yep. That is a good question. Um, let's go to a commercial and come back with more segments. And Switchcast is also brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Uh, Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they've appeared in movies and TV shows, such as Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates, as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. Hey, look. Oh, it's, uh, it's Hank, the uh, Corvette curmudgeon. Oh, God. How you doing, Hank? How's it going? You Let's know, get this show on the road. I was supposed to be on after first commercial. I'm tired. I heard it's some special episode tonight. You got lots of questions, so... I do. I would like to know why you won so many trophies this year and you didn't bring any in to show us. Well, why would I bring them in? They're in my trophy (laughs) case at home. But you could uh, brag about all of your great adventures and and car shows you've been to. Well, you know, I I don't need to brag to you guys. Yeah, we know how cool you are. You're not really real (laughs) car people. You don't own a Corvette. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've got a 911, which isn't a Corvette, but... (laughs) You shouldn't call it that. Some people might get offended. Ooh. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So uh, we do have some questions here uh, for you uh, that some folks have put in on uh, online, like on Instagram and stuff, who've been watching uh, the podcast and seeing the posts and reels we put up on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I do notice you've 
you've got a new outfit tonight, which I think you're looking looking spiffy. Uh, but you have a coffee mug. Uh, yeah. What what kind well, of coffee? Well, I heard do we're you... gonna be here late, so I need a little pick me up. <laughs> I guess it is eight thirty. It's a little late. Mm. Uh, what what kind of coffee are you drinking there? Oh, Folgers. Mm. Oh. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Best part of waking up. Folgers I... in my cup think i would like to respectfully disagree folgers is just wood shavings that are colored to look like coffee but that's fine now you think you're fancy or something you go to them starbucks no i don't even not even a huge fan of starbucks i like little like local coffee shops that roast their own beans you can have Sounds so much freaking expensive <laughs> yeah, I know. you know Slightly. what i like about folgers what do you like it's cheap and it's caffeinated <laughs> I cannot argue with you there, but I like my coffee to taste good. Uh, well, so I, you would. <laughs> Classic time. You know, I think Hank was looking at my skinny jeans to try and make a comment about those right there for a second. Yeah, he, he, was, he was eyeing it up. He, he, was, he passed on it. So how about these questions? Yeah, yeah. Listen, um, I'm not getting paid to be here all night. Fair. So, they did uh, give me some free coffee, though. That was nice. The, Oh, so Doug makes that coffee? All right, I'll need to have a talk with Doug. Um, so Waterwave1 on Instagram uh, takes some umbrage with the color of your Corvette, which what is the color again? Light Carmine Red. Yes. Uh, so they say it's called Magnetic Red. Moron. What? <laughs> Who's calling me a moron? Uh, this person on Instagram. I have no idea who they are, but they got very offended because apparently your car is colored Magnetic Red. The hell it's not. I think I know what color my friggin' Corvette is. I would agree. Boy needs to stay in his own lane there. Light Carmine Red was only made in 1997-1998. And the 1998 was the first year of the C5 convertible. So 1998 was the only year that they made Light Carmine Red in a convertible. They made 513 of them, and then it got replaced with Magnetic Red Metallic, which is a very nice color, but they made over 7,000 of them. It ain't friggin' rare, and it ain't like Carmine Red. Who's the moron now, Pinecone? Is that the same color that's on the anniversary card? Are all your viewers this stupid? Uh, I'm not going to comment on that. I got to read their <laughs> questions and stuff. They Some of them might be. Um, <clears throat> I think we can move on, unless you'd like to berate them some more for being ridiculous. Well, I'd like to meet this guy. <laughs> all right, Waterwave. Hope you're uh, out there listening. Probably and can't hold down a good job. <laughs> All right, we've got another question uh, here from You Are Not Bill is the username. Uh, since your Corvette is the best Corvette, yep, if you win the lottery, right. would you buy more Corvettes? And if so, which Corvettes would you buy? Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, that would be nice. I, I do play uh, I, I, I do play Kino quite a okay. bit, <laughs> and uh, I play the Mega Millions. Yep, definitely. Uh, I think my wife would want a new house. She's talked about that quite a bit. Um but, uh, yep, yep, I build myself a nice nice garage with a checkerboard flooring, and, and uh, yeah, might have my own Kino machine. Ooh, yeah. But, uh, no, I'd buy, a, I'd buy a 1953 Corvette, first year they made them, and, uh, goodness gracious, I'd buy, a, I'd buy a 63 split window Corvette and probably a 67 big block. Uh, I'd buy a 78 anniversary Corvette. Uh, 78 pace car by a 96 collector's edition. I buy a 93, uh, anniversary edition. I buy a 1989 anniversary edition. I buy a 2003 anniversary edition. I buy a 2013 anniversary edition. Uh, let's see what else. 
Uh, I buy a 1990 ZR1, a 1996 Grand Sport. Uh, All those are very rare, very rare cars. I noticed the 98 pace car was not on your list. That's freaking ugly. (laughs) Do not, what is it? Is it the purple or the the yellow seats? Do the yellow seats really? Purple and yellow together. I mean, freaking purple is a, no, couldn't do it. (laughs) Uh, So I know they're rare, but I couldn't do it. That's right. I'll drive it for you. Uh, you Are Not Bill follows up their question with, I'd like to ask why you would buy any additional Corvettes since you already own the best Corvette. Well, yeah, but I'd want to own more. It's the best Corvette because I own it. So if Plus, you... I'd also maybe donate a few. Well, not donate a few. I'm not that. You know, but if I won the lottery, maybe I'd donate. But I'd loan them to the Corvette Museum because then, you know, I could take trips down there and tell people that my cars were in the museum. That would be pretty special. So if you bought I all of these. I might even buy the Corvette Club lunch if I had if I won the lottery. We'd, we'd have to see about that. At the museum? Oh, yeah. All righty. That's going to be a hefty bill. Uh, have to be the Powerball, though. Oh, yeah. The big ones. Yep. Uh, so what would be the best Corvette if you bought all of those? Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. That's a tough one. Mm, probably the 53 Corvette because that'd be the most rare so the best Corvette would change yep all right just checking want to make sure I got that uh, you got that on record Ethan heck yeah all right uh, we've got one more question here for you Nick goes fast Uh, does he really well maybe if he has a Corvette I don't know probably (laughs) Uh, if you couldn't have a Corvette uh, if you can imagine that (laughs) <laughs> what would be uh, your next choice for a pleasure car? Well, you know, Tyler, I don't think I'd want to w- live in a world where I couldn't have a Corvette. I've worked hard and saved my money. And if there was some reason I couldn't, like the government took too much in taxes or something like that, then uh, that would be a sad world indeed. You know, I-, I think I deserve a Corvette for all I've worked for. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to think about a world where I couldn't own a Corvette. But, uh, you know, if, if there was some other reason, I don't know, if, if I, my joints started getting old, I couldn't get down into it, couldn't work the clutch or something, I think I might buy a, I might buy a, a, I might, I might buy a Cadillac XLR. You know, that's, that's, it's got, it's got an LS engine in it. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. Yep. Hank, do you know that that is essentially just a Corvette with a different body? Well, yeah, that's why I probably <laughs> buy it. All right, just making sure you knew. But it's uh, a little more friendly to the aging joints, you know. <laughs> for sure. I, I got to respect that. Uh, we do actually have one more. Uh, Toa Khan on YouTube live. So somebody's watching right now. Uh, and oh, they, yeah. Where do I look to say hi to him? Uh, right in front of you. Right in front of me. I, I see a little black box thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stare at that. He's okay. in there. What's his name? Uh, Toa Khan. Jim. Okay. Jim. <laughs> there you go. All right, so Jim says, uh, Hank, I found a C4. Should I buy or run? Because C4 is the best, right? Well, no, C5 is better. C5 is good if you you don't have too much money. You know, it's never going to be as good as C5. But, uh, you know, it, it depends. Depends on the, the which one you get. You know, the 96 Grand Sport is one of the best, one of the most rare. It's the last last year of it. Uh, 1993 anniversary one's pretty good, too. ZR1's pretty nice as well, and the collector's edition as well. But them early 
Uh, you don't want them really crossfire injection. Those are pieces of turd right there. They don't run right. Uh, so they're okay. They're okay. All righty. That's some uh, good advice. Hank, explain to the folks at home what your hat says, because this is a new hat for you. Uh, I forget. What's it say? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That is a funny one I picked up at the uh, yard sale. It was cheap. It's my age. I've seen it all, heard it all, done it all. I just can't remember it all. I uh, couldn't even remember what was on it. That's just great. But Perfect. I remember how many of my Corvette were made. 513 in light carmine red. <laughs> Darn you right marked you that do. down. I got like, it. He's only got room for the important stuff, Ethan. That's right. Yeah. Well, I have it on my poster board, too, in case I do forget it. <laughs> Alrighty, well, thank you very much, uh, Hank the Corvette curmudgeon, for hanging out and for uh, being with us all this season. It's been a this is a kind of season finale show, so we uh, yeah, very we thank you for you. coming on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Great. Is there more coffee out there? Can I get some on my be, way out? Absolutely. Somewhere you'll take okay, as good. much of that Folgers uh, as free you refills. Want. Absolutely. Good. All righty, and the Corvette curmudgeon, uh, as always, brought to you unwittingly by the Corvette Buy Sell Trade Group on Facebook. That is your source for cranky boomers, overpriced Corvettes, and reinforced stereotypes. Boy, I think that's the longest Hank has been here. That, yeah, man, he uh, he really put. And on it's a... so late. He's. Brought, I hope he doesn't fall asleep on the way home. We should make sure somebody takes care of him. <laughs> someone, someone needs to check. Do we have his wife's his emergency contact? Was, no, I don't think he lets his wife him. have a phone for some reason. It's very weird. Ah, that guy, <laughs> man, I'll tell you. Hey, Doug, how's it going? I don't. I don't think he's that dark ages. <laughs> I. I think you would just be very offended if any male had his wife's phone number oh you're right that's probably more accurate <laughs> especially jay roberts he didn't like that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah he didn't like him enough that he complained about him to me the following week yeah i wasn't even yeah. here that's uh living rent free as they say <laughs> in your head oh gosh well so, <laughs> well, what a transition. Ethan. Well, we, had well. Of, we had to get out of that somehow. I think Doug was ready to take us on a new journey. Well, like, I didn't well. know. Yes. <laughs> Let's, uh, oh gosh, I'm on Tyler's notes here. I'm like, why is my scaminator oh, notes Oh my God, blank? now the audience knows that I have notes that I have to reference. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, no, so I, I do have, I have a story of, of how the Corvette curmudgeon was inspired. And most people think, well, it's just Corvette guys at car shows. But there was one guy in particular. I posted a photo of him on my Instagram this week. Go check it out. It was an older guy in a Jegs jacket, uh, yellow, red, whatever, that he had probably gotten for free or half price because he had ordered so many parts out of the Jegs catalog. And uh, it was very dirty. I think he wore it every day and never washed it. He also had some like snap on or something Chevy hat on that was all sweat stained nasty. But then he had khaki pleated pants on that were a little too short. They were high waters or whatever you call them out here. And uh, ironically, he was not wearing New Balance. He was wearing like loafers. Did he have white socks, though? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I tried to get a full body picture of him and and didn't. <laughs> the but pleated khakis are that's a good. He was just going around like kind of glaring at the info sheets in front of these <laughs> priceless cars. But Chevrolet had a display there, and you know it was just their like sponsor display, right? It was it was you know they had a couple C8 Corvettes and they had some models there who were repping them and didn't really know much about them. They're just paid to look good in front of him and answer the most basic of questions like, well, how much does this cost? Yada, yada, yada. 
So it's not like they were unveiling new products or whatever. They just send their stand around to every show in the country. And he goes up to this poor, like, 25-year-old model that's just there, again, to smile and answer basic questions. And he starts berating her. I can't believe this show is ridiculous. This I can't believe, Chevy. They only brought out the C8 Corvette and... And, you know, they, it's this exact same car that there was at the last show and event. And I, you know, I traveled to this. and I can't believe I paid all this money. And you guys should be ashamed of yourselves that you only brought out a C8. Like, what the heck? I've seen this car before. Oh my goodness. And I'm just standing there going like, <laughs> what? That's great. Oh, if only you would have recorded it. I'm like, you do realize there's like a C5R down there and like John Greenwood's Corvette and all this different stuff that's not part of the Chevy display, right? Like, it's just a like rolling showroom for their new products. Want them to pull stuff from the archives. I was like, oh my gosh. And I think that just like cemented in my brain and the Corvette curmudgeon was was born out of that. (laughs) Is that guy yelling at the poor model because Chevy's display was a repeat of the last event they were at. And that was such an abomination. Have you found the jacket? Not the identical one. Okay. Found a similar one, but not that one. I would like to. That that would be amazing. (laughs) Season four, Hank would have a... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We got to have a jacket. We got to source one of those. Yep. Just got to buy more from the catalog. Um, So going to the Scaminator. Now, most of the time we were talking about... Scams that we identify or or listeners submit to us and uh, try to call out how we know that they're a scam so people can try not to get scammed. One of the number one ways people get scammed is with fake cashier's checks. It is the oldest trick in the book, and the scammers still use it, that they'll send you a cashier's check for an amount slightly more than the car and then ask you to cash it as soon as you deposit it. It's good enough that the banks think they're real. Tellers aren't necessarily trained to sniff out fake cashier's checks, and these things look good. Um, <laughs> and um, Ethan, are you reacting to the the Slow River Blend or something else? No, no, no. It was something else out there. Uh, Somebody put some. Oh, did a you accidentally in your glass? Uh, pour one of the potentially punishment whiskeys? <laughs> <laughs> did I? Was, is there more than one punishment whiskey? On well, there? Malord is not a whiskey, but there is a whiskey that is vaguely punishment. Because it's weird. Ooh, I think it is. <laughs> Was it in like a short little squatty bottle? Yeah. Yeah. That's the bottle, weird, the bottle looked so cool. It did, didn't it? The bottle looked Suck, so cool. Suckered me out of like 120 bucks. I had never, I had never heard of it. I, I looked at the thing and uh, I was 120 like, 120 bucks? That's insane, man. I think so. For it's that? Not good. Oh, yeah. Oh, for what I just not drank. Not good. Not it's worth it. Bile and sweat. <laughs> is it better or worse than Malort's? Dude, this is insane. This is the craziest whiskey I've ever had. I didn't recognize it, and I was like, this looks cool. Oh, it looks great. Yeah. And the tag sounds interesting. Oh. <laughs> it's like apothic wine. Looks good. Oh, I'm so glad we got that on this audio. Whole time, and I've been like dying inside. <laughs> good heavens, man. Oh, man. So anyway, back to the scams. Uh, that's one of them. There's a scam <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, let's talk what, about what this. whiskey is Let's it? expose them. Who is it's it? It's called Untitled Whiskey. They like, oh. it's not sold in Ohio. I 
found it when I was traveling. They finished it in like four or five different wines that don't match up together very well. So it's a tri- uh, it's a roller coaster of flavor that's all bad. Just an abomination. It's a fake of cashier's check. You need to whiskeys. wash it down with some of this uh, this yeah, other this stuff is, that we've this got. This is different. It's a little bit some malort to get this taste out <laughs> of my mouth. and whiskey. Um, so. Some the other thing people do is they'll just buy cars straight out with uh, fake cashier's checks and take the car and the title and be gone. And in the past, uh, when we've seen these situations, people are like, oh, my gosh, I sold my car to a scammer. The cashier check was bad. The wire transfer never came through, whatever. And typically the insurance companies will say, well, you're an idiot. Too bad. So sad. Right. It's not theft because you entered into a contractual agreement you wrote a bill of sale it signed and you just didn't get paid so you have to try to sue them or whatever so um there are special types of insurance for that at least for dealers which is like false pretenses coverage but in the past everything i've seen is is if you Sell your car to a scammer with a fake cashier check. You are out of luck. However, we got a tip from one of our regular listeners that a friend of his sold his Audi for thirty-two grand to a scammer unknowingly. Didn't do it on purpose, and the bank said the check was good. Whatever that means. Again, I'm not going to trust a bank to say it's good, um, but it bounced a few days later, as fake cashiers checks do. His insurance company, Erie Insurance, paid out forty grand. On the car, deeming it stolen, hmm. which is interesting because I'm pretty sure if you filed a police report and tried to like report it stolen, the cops would go, well, no, you got a cashier's check. You signed off the title. It's not stolen. You signed off the title. So you can file a different type of police report like, you know, fraud or, you know, some sort of thing like that. And they'll investigate that. But I'm pretty sure that if you tried to file a stolen vehicle report based on getting scammed out of it. I, I don't think, don't quote me on this, but I don't think that they would, um, they would go for that. Um, so could you like make a claim on your insurance for a stolen car, but not have a police report to validate that it was in fact stolen? That's a good question. I don't know. Seems I mean, like he a- may have produced all the documentation, or the police department might have said, yeah, you can file a report, but it's going in our file because, like, this isn't a, a traditional theft. It's, you know, I, I, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, so he made eight grand extra <laughs> because he got scammed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was glad to hear that Erie paid out on that because Erie is my insurance company. They insure all of my cars. So uh, I don't plan on ever filing a claim for that because guess what? I know how to verify a cashier's check. So if you're looking not to get scammed, it's pretty dang simple. One, you just learn uh, the typical nuances of um how scammers talk it usually sounds like you're talking to ai that was coded by a foreigner (laughs) like it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense Uh, but number two let's say you do get a professional scammer that like is really good and makes you think they're real it's very very simple there's a control number on cashier's checks and there's an 800 number you can call to verify it some banks you just call the branch other banks have like a specific line that you can call when you're standing there before you deposit it, you call and you verify that that cashier's check is real. And like, it's that simple. That's how you protect yourself. 
because if it's real, it will not bounce. A cashier's check is as good as cash. There are some steps that people can take to stop payment on them, but it's very, very difficult from an issuer's standpoint. Um, and if you had the paper trail to say, no, this was a legitimate transaction, pretty sure you could you know, stop the stop payment. Um, I've never seen it happen in 20 years of doing business. I've never seen anyone stop payment on a legitimate cashier's check ever. I have seen multiple, multiple fake cashier's checks. And it's just that easy. You just call the bank, give them the control number, verify it. And they'll be like, yep, this was issued off of this account this day. It's real or it's not. That's all you have to do to protect yourself against these things. Not hard. That sounds so easy. It is very easy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, So we have talked previously, I think in the Scaminator segment, about some interesting cars. Um, So there's one that I don't really know, but there I found in my Instagram feed full of Porsches, a mint green GT3 991 Mark II, I believe. Oh boy. Yes. Uh, We've outed that one a bunch of times. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes. So for those of you who just joined us in season three, I think it was season two, we had a full scam episode. And one of them was this mint green GT3 that was a crazy story. It was abandoned. It was partially converted to a wide body. It was shoddily converted back with some not great paint jobs. It was shuffled from dealer to dealer, from auction to auction. The condition reports went from four to two. It had structural damage. It didn't have structural damage. Um, and yeah, it, it ended up in, in Florida finally in, in the hands of a private owner who there's no way they didn't know what they were getting because this car became so famous. So how much do you know? Like there can't be many paint to sample mint green 991 GT3s, right? There's a lot of paint to sample 991 GT3s. Yes. It's not rare anymore, but mint green is a pretty rare color. So is this car I'm referring to the same car? The one at Ryan Friedman Motor Cars. Uh, I am not going to confirm or deny. Well, that. it's fine. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a mint green GT3 at Ryan Friedman Motor Cars. Yes. Uh, no, it is not the same car, thankfully. One, I don't huh. think Ryan would buy a car with that kind of story. Uh, Ryan's smarter than that uh, and pickier than that. <laughs> Um, two, it has about half the miles as the mint green one. The other telltale sign of the mint green one is they have put the incorrect seats in it because the seats were gone under shady circumstances. So in a green GT3 with yellow accents and stitching and stuff, they put in seats with the red stripe. So it totally clashed, but that was whatever Porsche found to put in or whoever bought it off the auction or whatnot. Um, so, I mean, whatever. He could have sourced the original seats and put them back in. That was the first giveaway is the correct seats were in the one Friedman had. The other giveaway was it has 7,000 miles and it's in California. I didn't actually check the VINs, but I didn't have to because it was like, nope, different mileage, different state, not the same car. At so. least it looks gorgeous. Was the other one a, a Mark II 991? Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. it was a 2018. Gotcha. Yep. Absolutely. It's so. gorgeous, though. Yeah, I'll tell you, Ryan uh, Ryan Freeman is a good like car porn follow on Instagram. <laughs> so many good colors <laughs> and so many good cars. Yes. Yeah, he, he just sold a, a paint to sample Zanzibar Red nine nine seven with Aero Kit on Bring a Trailer with twenty thousand miles, which went for eighty eight grand Whoa. with an accident on Carfax. What? Which I was like, that's the nine nine seven market is bonkers. That is 
crazy. It is outpaced. All the rest of the used car market is falling, and 997s are just like, yep, we love them. Everybody the loves them. Yep, yep, yep. I, I shouldn't say all the rest of the car market, but they are one standout God. in the car market that is, you know, breaking the trends. I can't almost, I know, granted, Zanzibar is an incredible color, and there can't be more than like one, two, maybe, but I mean, it's got to be the only Zanzibar with Aero Kit. Has to be. My goodness. If not, it's the only Zanzibar with Aero Kit and sport seats and the aluminum trim and red calipers. Are we getting into in that year? Corvette. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we are. The year thing. I knew it is. <laughs> Ethan, he was doing a bit. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of values, how have we done on the appraiser? Oh. I, we're, tonight, we're going to find out the total of the season and find out who lost the most. Yes. Ethan, have you tabulated the results? Well, we got we, we have to look at last week's cars we first. Do. Ethan, do you know the results of last week? <laughs> uh, I do not have Doug's I numbers. I put them in. He put them in. I did put them in. All right. I guess They're I have there. them now. Um, so I chose a 97993 Cabriolet Garage Find. Oh, I'm actually um, really anxious about this. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Five-speed manual. Um, you had guessed 55 grand. I did. And we all said you were high. And you were oh, what did it go sold for, for 44.5. Oh, that kind of sucks. So not a terrible miss, but it. You lost money. Yeah, for sure. Yep. If you had put that bid in, it would have been the hammer. Oh, God. Would have ended the auction. Thank goodness I didn't, because I don't want a 993 cab barn find. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it had gray interior. Uh, so for you, Doug, I picked a 1948 Chrysler Town and Country convertible, which is green with glorious wood paneling that was displayed at the Audrain uh, Motor Museum uh, recently. And that's the only reason it stood out to me is I was like, oh, hey, I know that room that that car is in. Yep. I knew nothing about the car and I took a wild stinking guess of 50 grand. You did. And it sold for 62,000. Hey, not bad. Yeah, that's not bad for knowing. I've done worse on cars that I knew more about. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Uh, so now I think Ethan is furiously typing on his producer laptop. I, I am. So here's <clears throat> what metrics are we using? Here's yeah, we are. We have the difference, the the dollar amount that you were off by. So you know yes. you were you were too high plus whatever you're you know under this whatever, and then we have the percentage miss. Uh-huh. So what I'm doing, well, what I've done is I've calculated the average percentage that you missed by. And what I'm, what I thought I did, what I'm learning now, I did not. Was I thought I had like the total dollars that you were off by, but because some of those numbers were negative and some of them were positive, adding them up doesn't work. No, I think that does work. Yeah, because uh, because you, a percentage miss is a is a total accumulation of how much we miss by high or low. So correct. that just shows how bad we are. I was thinking the dollar amount would be like you would take the total sum. Yeah. As if we were like buying for a profit. So yeah. if we missed low, it'd be a good thing. And so if we missed high, it'd be a bad thing. But if we missed low more than we missed high, then in theory, we made money. Okay. If we missed high every time, then we just lost a whole bunch of money. So, so I think that does work if you okay. take the sum. Okay. And ideally, it would be less than zero. But 
Okay, to play devil's advocate, maybe, and far be it for me to play devil's advocate with anything that it comes to cars against Doug Tabbitt. But um, <laughs> darn right, yeah. know your place. If you're so, let's say for instance, okay, Doug, back in August, don't know what the car was. Your guess was twenty-one grand, sold for fifteen five. So I would have lost. You would have lost fifty-five hundred bucks. Right. However, if we look the week before, you guessed 14 on a car that sold for 45. I would have made $30,000. I'm not sure I appreciate this sort of math. That's I get what, what you're saying. going for. I but don't know nah. if you're guaranteed to make that because you're guessing what it's going to sell at. Correct. We totally should have done I'm this beforehand. The, <laughs> I'm guessing the value. We did. No, and this is what I said. Okay. okay. So the, no, there's you are, two metrics. You are right. You are right. But the 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 primary one is the the average percentage. Yes. It's just how good we are at guessing. For sure. The secondary metric is us thinking because that century that I guess fourteen grand on everybody I talk to in the car business that has bought and sold centuries is like, yep, no, fourteen grand. That's what it's worth. And probably somebody paid fourteen grand. And it sold for forty five. So somebody made bank on it. So then what's I'm to stop someone what, from all, guessing like one dollar on everything? No, no, no you know? I think Doug is here Because that's to, not what wins the game. You're okay. Turn okay. To favor. Okay. No. So that's let, just let's a start, secondary since that is the secondary discussion. metric anyway. Let let's start with that. Tyler. Yes. Uh, your total miss was plus twenty two thousand two hundred thirty seven dollars. So you okay. lost twenty two grand over the course of this game. Honestly, with the prices I was guessing stuff at, that's not half bad. <laughs> I think the Viper kind of screwed me, though. Now, Doug, there was one week in the middle of August that did uh, did not do you any favors. Yeah. You were plus $410,000. Huh? How did this happen? Because that, I don't know, whatever oh, whatever this was. It was the RSR. $440,000 was your guess on a car that sold for $861,000. No, so I'd be negative. So I would have made money. I wouldn't be plus $400,000. Oh, yes, I would be up $400,000. You would be up $400,000, yeah. which is why. So the, if I had been able to buy them for my right, guess. That's why your total was plus $410,000. Uh, okay, so Tyler, oh, gotcha. actually, Sorry, you, you guys were, were both in the positive. Okay, Sorry, yeah, so we did you made okay. twenty-two grand. Right. Nice. In theory, I made four hundred k. So you you do come out on top, but Doug comes out on top more. more Either way, topper. this is the secondary <laughs> metric anyway. Yes. The average percentage miss. We'll start All again right, with you, Tyler. Tyler, you averaged missing by negative 16.4%. Okay, that's better than I thought. Doug, averaged missing by negative 5.3. Whoa. Yes. Wow. That's pretty good. Not bad for a couple of big misses. That's pretty that's good. That's impressive. Still got it. Especially for that $421,000. Well, I guess you came under, but man. But only, like, what does that work out to? Only a couple of times better than somebody that has no idea what the heck they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, good job, Tyler. Holy smokes. I mean, I'm genuinely impressed. Yeah, Doug won, but let's gas show. me up. No, I, I will. <laughs> and again, far be it for me to weigh in on anything in this department. Honestly, Doug, we were closer than I thought we'd be. Good job to both of you. Doug Me is too. Winner. I thought I'd cream you. No, no, <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. Like, I thought you would be like, I thought you'd annihilate me. Oh, God. That was a good time. Doug, congratulations. 
Tyler, also congratulations. Thank you. Tyler, you have to drink Malort. Nah, where's Malort? I brought it for me. Hey. Oh, do I have to do this on stream? Peanut gallery, we need Malort. Yeah, I think Yeah, we got to hear the audio of you. So next week, or start of next season, we are going to continue the appraiser because this is a fun game. So this week, I was browsing on PCAR Market again. And uh, I know Tyler loves green Porsches. So I do. I oh, picked I a... <laughs> <laughs> we have not made that much money on Switchcast yet. <laughs> this week, I picked a 2001 Porsche 996 Turbo in Wimbledon Green. Hold on a second, Doug. What? That is the car that I picked for you this week. What? I wanted to talk about it so bad because it's a 996 in Wimbledon Green. <laughs> Listen, it had to happen. I thought it was going to happen <laughs> sooner than this. What a great ending. All oh, the cars out there. Um, yeah, so it's got 91,000 kilometers, black interior, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it could work with gray. I'm just saying. Like it, But it is in Italy. It is. It's a Euro car in Italy, which means it cannot be brought over to the States for two years and... Two months, two and a half, three months. Yes. So that definitely affects the value because P-Car Market, I think most of the buyers are U.S. based. I was going to ask that is like, can you, I guess you could technically bid if you're outside of the U.S. if you really wanted to, but it's probably a mostly U.S. thing. All right. So to do this properly, we're going to have to type our guests down because I don't want your guests influenced by mine or mine yours that's a good call so Let me, uh, mine is typed okay hold on a sec Ninety-one thousand kilometers so that's like fifty-five thousand miles what do we got here okay mine is typed i will not change it okay 44 grand who boy i am much higher than that i guess 75 whoa <laughs> <laughs> it's a, like an entirely unique color this has got to be the but only it's one in europe so somebody somebody is going to want this like for collection purposes was my thought. Like aren't good quality interesting color 996 turbos worth 80 plus in the in like North American ones. Yeah, 75ish 80 oh, here. Oh boy, maybe I'm a little higher than I, I mean thought. Wimbledon green is a one-off color. There's a huge premium for that. Well, no cuz I cuz I know but Ocean cars Jade. go for less in Europe. Period. Oh, I All forgot Porsches about that. Go for less over the market just isn't as strong over Doug, there. Doug, I was so focused on the green that I I was blinded. <laughs> I d don't get me wrong. I I think it'll be reserved not met there. And maybe oh. I'm light. Okay. But the fact that you can't bring it in yet hurts it. If you could bring it in now, I would have said like 65 grand because even after import and stuff like that, like somebody'll be in at 80 plus, which is too much. But somebody will pay too much for that color. But to store it for two years and then bring it in for a 996 Turbo, it's not. It doesn't have 2,500 miles. I no. I mean, you you make some good points. Uh, I don't think I make some great points. Oh, oof, well, okay. My guy over here gets to pour me a shot of Malort, and he's all confident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking that Wimbledon Green was never offered on the 996. It was Ocean Jade. That was a similar-ish color. So, oh, please be kind. That's not okay. That's not too bad. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the PT Tyler Sanders, everyone, do it on camera. Come on, on come camera. on over. Hey, everyone's gonna Tyler see Tyler. All right. Doing a shot Face of Malort. reveal. Yeah, you got a nail down. You oh, you're behind whiskey. the drum kit. There we go. Mr. Whiskey Perfect. aficionado, how Perfect. bad is the Malort? What notes are you getting on that? What flavor oh, profiles? Band-aid. <laughs> Band-aid. <laughs> 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 
Tyler Sanders, everybody. What Woo. year was that bottled? <laughs> oh, God, doesn't matter. Still How? terrible. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I... So Dan Doucette in the peanut gallery brought some real nice whiskey tonight that I'm glad I drank first. Because <laughs> my taste buds are blown out now. I can't taste anything. Mine too, but I'm not oh, some chocolate now. Uh, anyway, it is time now for the props and flops oh, brought to you by Switch Cars. Can you even read this? <laughs> All right, here we go, everybody. <clears throat> Switch Cars is the enthusiast's dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. Check out our handpicked inventory at switchcars.com. And our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is... God, it feels like I'm breathing fire right now. and It's just <laughs> bad Band-Aid taste. That's all I can think of. 2007 GT3 in cobalt blue. That's right. One of 23 made for the North American market. Uh, full leather interior plus leather center console and a whole bunch of other leather additions. 38,000 miles, but very well kept. Coolant lines, pin, plugs and coils done. Yada, yada, yada. Just a nice car with good ownership history, great service records, etc. Priced at 150K. And I don't think it's going to last more than a day or two because that color is what is selling it. So water makes it worse. (laughs) (laughs) As uh, I think uh, one John Sabo famously said on the podcast, did you milk a cat (laughs) when I had him do it live? (laughs) Hoisted by my own petard, it seems. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead, Doug. Oh, that GT3 is really nice, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. If it was, if it we'll was, we'll throw in a bottle of Malort <laughs> with it. If you buy it and use the discount God. code SwitchCast. Uh, the flop of the week. Uh, again, a tip from Matthew Davis. He sent us some great stuff this week. Um, a fake Dodge Charger police car. Now, there's a lot of police lookalike cars, and usually they are not illegal, but this lady bought a Dodge Charger and painted it in the Florida Highway Patrol black and cream, vanilla, whatever you want to call it. And it has blue light bar on top and a badge (laughs) on the side says FSO guard instead of FHP. Um, Yeah, so it is definitely trying to look like a police car. She even has the thin blue line license plate frame on it. Now, people make fun of brown nosers as like people that just support police. This is a whole nother level of like, I'm trying to be a fake cop, but at the same time. No, 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 Doug. In the article, it clearly states that she just fell in love with the color scheme. Oh, right. Also, but (laughs) yeah, but she owns a security company, which if any of you follow uh, police impersonators on YouTube, there's this Jeremy guy that is very, very famous for impersonating a cop and he gets arrested all the time. He owns a security company. I feel like it's always guys that own security companies and they get this police complex where it's like, yeah, well, I'm going to trick out my car with stuff, but then I'm also going to get badges and carry guns and do all this other stuff that they're really not allowed to do. And they just, they go crazy with it. So anyway, um, but there's a nuance law in Florida with regards to owning like ex-police vehicles or whatnot. Um, It is illegal to own a car or paint a car or do anything with a car with the Florida Highway Patrol color schemes, that black and creamish. 
So the fact that she had the color scheme, that was the primary offense. She could have had a lot of these other things to have it resemble a police car in her security duties or even just to drive down the highway. I mean, let's be honest. We see Chargers and Crown Vicks all the time with spotlights and light bars, whatever. That stuff isn't illegal per se. It is the color scheme specifically that is illegal. But then um, after that, it was like she had like fake temp tags and a whole bunch of other stuff, like didn't have a title to the car and, uh, Oh, a lack of insurance. Oh, she had dealer plate on it. Oh, she had my. a dealer tag on her active security vehicle. So that's, that's a big no, no. So, uh, <laughs> may or may not have had proper title to the car either. So this is like the, uh, final boss of big ultimate energy or something. It's, it's like, the trifecta right yeah. there. <laughs> Yes. Big charger energy. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, prop of the week. I'm going to be real cheesy here. Two years in prop of the week just goes to our listeners, our live audience, our crew, mm -hmm. our sponsors. Big, big thank you to everyone for the fact that we are still here. Uh, and if you'd like us here next season, continue to listen, send us messages, leave us reviews, share the podcast, uh, sponsor us find some sponsors for us whatever uh we appreciate all of you uh stick around after for tip talk we'll be happy to engage with you with a q a that wraps up season three thank you to ethan huffnagel our producer and promoter thank you for tyler sanders our official banterer uh, thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Stephen Holm Woodworking. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next season, Wednesdays at 8 p.m., as we look forward to educating, edifying, and entertaining you on the drive of your life. <laughs>